I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. Biofeedback and adjusting your diet based off these cues I'm about to share with you. Guys, this morning I wanted to tackle things at a slightly different angle. A lot of these podcast episodes are often related to psychology, mindset, habit formation, and things like that. And while these tips and cues and things I'm going to share with you do relate and and pertain to that in some capacities, This is also more tangible stuff regarding diet and nutrition strategy to optimize yourself more as a human being. One of the common themes that I see within the health and fitness nutrition space is very often it's just this heavy focus on body transformation as aka fat loss and muscle building but the absence of optimal performance and health. And so when someone posts a selfie on Facebook and they're depleted and they're leaner and they're talking about, you know, all these big dreams they want to achieve, I look at them and I I can tell and I know that they probably feel super impaired. They look really fatigued. And I know that they're pretty much sacrificing all their other biofeedback cues that are telling them that they're not optimal just to achieve the look that they want. And look, I'll be the first to say that that's going to happen when you compete and you want to get on stage at times, but most people do not want to do that. And so for the average person who just wants to get in good shape, you feeling impaired is going to lead to relapse. And that, my friend, is why the majority of people, when they do any type of health or fitness journey, they will do it for a while and then they'll relapse. There's psychological components to this, but part of it is because their body was trying to communicate with them via these different pathways regarding biofeedback cues, and they were not listening to the signal and or they were misinterpreting the signals. And so what do biofeedback cues even look like and what are they? So what you will find is that they are things like digestion and digestive quality. So are you getting constipation? Are you getting bloating? Are you getting diarrhea? What is happening with your digestion? Are you getting acid reflux? Those are signifiers that something is not right with your systems and or diet or lifestyle. Other things like skin quality. So are you breaking out with pimples and acne? Are you getting rashes and eczema and other things that are manifesting on your skin that are often often representative of what's happening in your digestive system and in your internal body? And it's manifesting itself externally. Other things like water retention, so water weight. How, when you consume processed foods or a high sodium meal, does it affect your puffiness and your water retention? For example, for me, I'm very sensitive 
to holding water retention, particularly in my face. And so if I eat too processed or I eat differently than I normally do, the next day I notice a tangible difference in my definition, in my physique, and in my face from water retention. And sometimes that increase in water retention can then affect blood pressure which for some people can give them headaches and other things like that. So that all ties in. Another thing is your sleep quality. So just because you're in bed for seven or eight hours does not mean that you are getting quality sleep. And I know this to be firsthand because when I get a lot of our elite clients to get things like aura rings where they track their sleep data, they're in bed for a long time, but they're waking up a lot and they're not getting into deep sleep as much as they should be. And and a big part of that sometimes can be obviously, you know, there's going to be other variables like, you know, the air temperature and blue light exposure and uh, the quality of the mattress and pillow and things like that. But also if you eat a large meal or you eat too close to bedtime, that can raise your core temperature and that body temperature elevation actually prevents you from getting into deeper sleep. And so your food timing can come into play here. So it's not just what you're eating, it's when you're eating it as well. That can affect, it can cascade over and affect other things in your life. So if it affects your sleep, it's probably going to affect your hormone production as well and your ability to have more energy in the morning. So you will reach for more stimulants and caffeine to, again, mask that biofeedback cue because you just need something to get you going, but you're not actually looking at the root cause, which might be, hey, I need to eat earlier in the evening, or I need to reduce down the size of my meal or something like that. And you're using caffeine the next day. So you need to understand the cues. And that's what I teach all of our high-level clients, for example. Another one is cognition and blood sugar. So not all calories are created equal. And this is where the whole paradigm within the fitness space of if it fits your macros versus eating cleaner. So like what I mean by if it fits your macros is a lot of people prescribe to this idea of, hey, as long as you're eating in a calorie deficit, you can add in little bits of processed foods here and there and you'll still achieve your result. Yes, you might achieve some fat loss, but it's going to come at the impairment of your cognition and your blood sugar response. And so what I mean by this is that your body is going to have a very different blood sugar release response and insulin response based off if you eat a head of broccoli versus a vegan donut. Even if the even if each one is both 300 calories or 200 calories or whatever caloric requirement you want to match it, if calorie for calorie, it's going to have a very, very different hormonal brackets insulin response in the body, which will massively affect your blood sugar levels. Blood sugar instability is what causes your energy dips. So like if you're going through the day and you're experiencing like energy peaks and energy dips, it's usually because you're using things like caffeine or you're eating processed sugars, which give you like a spike and then you come crashing down and then you feel the dip. Blood sugar instability is what leads to diabetes. And what I focus on with this is using foods and understanding the mechanics behind food choices to help stabilize and optimize insulin sensitivity. That actually helps you have more balanced energy so you don't get that brain fog and that 
brain fog comes with all kinds of challenges. It makes you less creative. It makes you less innovative. Your ability to problem solve is not as good. You don't. Your memory retention is not as good. So, like, if you have ambitions to do something significant in your life with your career or a dream as an entrepreneur, whatever it might be, then your cognition is everything. And if you're impairing it with food choice, even if it's within your your macros, that is a big problem. And so that's something within the fitness space that a lot of coaches don't really understand or look at. And so that, again, comes back to things being not just related to body transformation. It's so much more than just that. And then recognizing that food is like information and your body is the hardware. So think of information like software and your body the hardware. So your body's the computer and food is like the operating system updates. It can either be an operating system update where it increases the productivity of your hardware or it can be like if you downloaded a virus and it starts making things crash and it slows your computer down. Healthy, clean, whole plant foods are like operating system updates that help things run smoother. Viruses that slow things down and make things crash are like just consuming processed foods. And so from that perspective, understanding that food is like information and what it does is when it comes into your body, it literally will then tell your body, okay, like we need to create these types of hormones We need to create these types of neurotransmitters and your body chemicals will shift and change based off your diet. A huge, for example, a huge thing uh, now we see is like men with low testosterone. And a big reason for that isn't just because they just naturally have low testosterone. It's because their diet's terrible. They're consuming lots of alcohol. Their sleep's impaired. They're sedentary. Their body fat levels are too high. There's just so many compounding variables. and that is because the foods they're consuming are literally not producing the the testosterone precursors like they should be, or they're producing too much estrogen as a byproduct, all these other things. And so you've got to understand that when you're having internal problems with your blood work, that it's driven in a large part by your nutrition and your dietary choices. Another thing is aging. So like cell turnover, like your mito- how your mitochondria in your cells actually operate. And I think, and I kind of explain it like this. Your body's like a lawnmower and the lawnmower itself is fine. Like it can work well if you look after it. But if you haven't changed the air filter in 10 years and you haven't replaced the blades in 10 years, the blades are going to be blunt. The air filter is going to be super dirty. The spark plug will be so dirty, like the lawnmower won't even run. And so because of that, the lawnmower just looks old and beat up and it's non-operational. Whereas if you clean things up a little bit and, and did that maintenance stuff, you'd find that it's much more youthful and it works well than you thought. I'll be the first to tell you, like when I go into the sauna and I'm sitting there with other gentlemen after my workouts, I look at them and some of them are, you know, just at the start of their journey, they're trying to figure things out. They maybe haven't been into health and fitness as much as I have. They don't understand nutrition like I do. And I look at them and I assume they're probably like in their mid forties to like late forties just by like assuming based off like how they look. Then I find out that they're like my age, so they're they're in their mid thirties, and they think I'm in they think I'm in my mid twenties or late twenties, and so not only do they think I'm in my late twenties, but I think they're in their late forties and we're the same age, 
And it goes to show how much stress, environmental factors, nutrition, all these things create biofeedback cues that will then start to alter how you even look. And so if you're, if you want to age well, you need to understand that that comes back to the biofeedback is telling you something like if you feel and look like you're aging faster than you really are, that's a cue that I need to like refine things and I need to change the air filters and I need to start to dig into these things more. If your recovery in the gym is not that good, you really need to look into the micronutrient density in your diet. For example, a big thing that I drive home for a lot of our clients isn't just like protein or carbohydrates or fats or even just fiber. It's micronutrients. It's like omega-3 fatty acids. It's, It's folate. It's iron. It's calcium. It's selenium. It's all these micronutrients that actually help drive recovery. And so my whole thing is how can we consume less calories so we don't elevate body fat levels but we get enough micronutrients to then help with recovery so you are optimal and you feel good because usually what you'll find is that if you're feeling beat up and worn out and your recovery is not good a big part of that can be poor dietary choices your body's trying to say hey we don't have the building blocks required to make this house because you are giving us cheap materials we need higher quality materials to build the house that you want and so you need to start looking at the food choices you're making as like little construction workers by you know with the with the quality materials and they're building your house which is your body you're you're they're regenerating the cells in your body and this also ties into hunger and satiation. If you're always craving foods and you're, you're always hungry, you really need to look at the micronutrient density of your diet. You need to look at some of the food choices. And a lot of the time, this is where it's a very nuanced approach where something that satiates one person could may, might not be very satiating at all for someone else. And so you have to understand that if you just buy like a cookie cutter cheap program from someone and you're like, man, I'm always hungry, it's telling you that something's off with how it's affecting your blood sugar, with how it's affecting your ghrelin and leptin hormones, which is like your hunger stimulating and hunger suppression hormones. So you need to understand that these cues aren't there to like make your life difficult. They're not there to constantly make you feel like you're having to challenge you and fight yourself. They're just there to help you survive. And they're there to try and tell you how to be optimal. Now, most people within the fitness industry, and just most people in general, they won't even understand any of this. Or at the very least, they'll just misinterpret things. So if, for example, classic example, someone comes to veganism, they want to try a plant-based diet, and they come from like a, you know, a, a paleo diet or just like a standard American diet or whatever – and then they add in tons of legumes, they add in tons of extra fiber com- um, compared to what they were doing, and they get loads of bloating. They don't get any help, they get loads of bloating, and they say, oh man, this didn't work, I got tons of bloating, I felt terrible. Not realizing that when you add in an extra 30, 50, 100 grams of fiber to your gut that doesn't have the right microbiome yet to even properly synth- break down a lot of those things, of course you're going to feel bloating. And so you need strategy. That's why sometimes it's better to introduce more soluble fiber or lower fiber foods first and just go easy with some of the insoluble. Just 
taper back on some of the fiber, really hard fibrous foods, period, like cruciferous vegetables. Don't go so hard with those straight out of the gate. And then also even looking at like where, where are you sourcing like your legumes from? Are they just like in conventional BPA-laden cans or are you soaking and cooking down like organic like you know beans from scratch because sometimes what is on them and what's in the preparation method of them can affect how you feel and bloat and so people don't know that and then they just assume that the diet didn't work for them and they give up and they never they never investigate further and you can that analogy right there is something that i think a lot of people can understand or they know someone that has experienced that that applies across the board to every single thing that i just mentioned before regarding biofeedback cues you can find an analogy for that regarding each and every one where someone thought something was wrong and it wasn't actually the thing they thought for example a huge, another huge thing is that people come to a plant-based diet and they're like, oh, I felt really tired and lethargic. And what happens often is they don't track their calories or they're not aware of their caloric intake and they just start eating tons of high fiber, low calorie foods because they also want some fat loss at the same time. Maybe they've heard that it was good for a fat, for fat loss, for example. And so, and they inadvertently dramatically reduce their calorie intake within the space of like one or two days. You are going to feel lethargic and tired no matter what diet you do if you drop your calorie intake by a thousand calories in a day. It's just going to happen. And so what they say is they say, oh, my energy was terrible on a vegan diet. But really, one, they were just consuming, they were massively under consuming calories and they were probably just not, it, it wasn't well planned. They weren't consuming enough micronutrients from a range of sources to truly optimize their hormone and chemical precursors. And so they assumed that it just made them feel tired when in actuality, it was a big energy deficit. That's another classic example. Another one that people will say is, oh, but I'm getting you know tons of sleep. Um, I don't know why I'm so tired all the time. But they're consuming these processed foods that are making their blood sugar levels go up and down like a roller coaster. And so they're going through these peaks and undulations up and down and up and down and the insulin's being constantly released. And every time that blood sugar goes up and it comes crashing down, they just feel tired all the time. So then they start to grab things like caffeine, pre-workout supplements to mask the fact that they're making choices that are affecting their blood sugar levels. Again, a, a many, many people do this. And so guys, my, my message to you today is that you need to look beyond just macros and you need to understand that if you truly want to get optimal and you not only just want to get to your physical results but you want to make them last and sustain over time you need to start to understand biofeedback more you need to start to learn these cues more and recognize that it's not your body saying hey, this is not working at all. It's saying, hey, maybe like we need a little adjustment here and here and here. And hey, there might be times where it's saying, hey, we need to stop what we're doing. Like if you're consuming a lot of gluten and you're just getting tons of bloating, then that's not a good thing. It's, it goes across the board. If you're consuming a lot of hard, heavy, cruciferous vegetables and you're getting tons of bloating, maybe you need to cut back on those to, to start with. A lot of people need to work on that, repairing their gut health, their hormone health. When people come to me, for example, and they're like, oh, dude, I just want to know my macros and calories. I'm like, 
I wish it was that simple for you, but I can tell you that now, if it was that simple, you would already have the result that you want. And the reason why you don't is because you have your guts all torn up because you've come from a processed diet. You've probably consumed antibiotics and acids, all kinds of things that are just destroying things. You're uh, you're getting tons of blue light exposure, so your sleep cycles are off, which are affecting your hormone precursors, your mental stresses through the roof because you've done no personal development stuff, so you're not able to have mental resiliency. So every time something bad happens, you get like a massive cortisol and adrenaline response. And because of that, you're constantly activating your sympathetic nervous system and it's suppressing your digestive system and it's affecting your growth hormone and testosterone and sex hormone productions and it's de-optimizing everything. But you're looking for a pill and you're looking for macros and you're looking for calories. It does not work like that, guys. It doesn't. And if it does, it works like that for like a period of like four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, and then people relapse. That's why most people can't sustain the results that they have. And you see these fitness people who get really lean, but I know that they feel like death. <laughs> I know it. I can tell just by their physiology, by the, the bags under their eyes, the quality of their skin. Very often what I, what I see with a lot of competitors, especially women, is that when they're very lean, they get breakouts, pimples. They have huge bags under their eyes. They look so strained even though they're lean. And I'm like, is it truly worth it? Like, do you, is that truly how you want to live? Because you do realize that you're just, you're just exacerbating your aging process right there. You might be in your twenties now, but when you're in your thirties or forties, you're going to look like you're 50 or 60 because you're pushing your body to the limit and you don't have enough recovery protocols in place. A big thing that I do is that when I'm tracking my aura ring data, for example, my readiness score is always quite high, even though sometimes my sleep score is not that good because we have a young daughter and sometimes, depending if she's teething or whatever, she'll wake up a bunch. And so even if my sleep score is like 50 or 60 out of 100, which to me is not good, my readiness score will usually be in the 80s or early 90s. Whereas other people who have a sleep score of 50 or 60, their readiness score will be absolutely shot it'll be down in the 50s and 60s as well and it will tell them that they're not ready to train or anything and part of that is because they don't have enough recovery protocols in other areas of their life i do sauna five days a week i do cold immersion i do breathing techniques i do gua sha which is like a lymphatic drainage sort of process i get outside i ground feet in the grass i get sunlight exposure every day we got a molecule air purifier, which is like this new technology that helps really clean fungus and viruses out of the air. We look at water quality. I've done nice and sauna detox protocols on top of operating our business with high-level clients, on top of being a father and a husband and having all our people that we have to address. I still do these things and I do them because all of those recovery protocols that I do are what actually give me the high readiness score. And that readiness score is your recovery. And so you have to prioritize things. And did, did I actually mention really anything that was food related just then? No. A lot of those things are not even food related, but they massively affect hunger hormones, your body composition, and all these other things. 
So I know this would is probably a very overwhelming podcast for a lot of you because I want to keep them under 30 minutes. And so it's a lot of information for me to share in a very short amount of time. But if you do want help with any of this, that is why I'm here. That's why I do this podcast. That's why we do what we do with Evolving Alpha. That's why you should reach out to me because the long-term sustainable solutions that you want are not just going to come in the form of some cookie-cutter program with macros and calories. It's just not. If you truly want to be optimal and you want to get to the next level of yourself, if you want to evolve to the next rung in the ladder of who you can become, it's going to require optimizing all these different variables. And you need someone who's well-versed in that. So my message to you today is stop ignoring your biofeedback cues. Stop suppressing things. Stop putting Band-Aids on bullet wounds. Stop just pounding medications and stimulants and ignoring the results in your life. They're trying to tell you something. And this can apply to dysfunction in relationships. If you've got addictive tendencies, it can apply to anything. Stop ignoring the cues. If you see the cue as a compass and it's pointing you in the right direction that you should walk rather than something you need to avoid or suppress, then you will absolutely change my life. You'll absolutely change your life. I've changed my life doing this completely. And you will change your life, but it starts with you having and leading with these thoughts first, rather than just wanting some quick fix body transformation. So today you got to look at, look at your digestion, your skin quality, your water weight, your sleep cycles, your energy levels through the day, hormones. How do you look in terms of aging? How's your recovery in the gym? What is your hunger and satiation levels like? You know, do you have injuries and you're just getting cortisone shot after cortisone shot again? Band-aids on bullet wounds, right? So you need to look at those things, my friend, and you need to dig into them and recognize that, yes, this is the path less traveled. Yes, this takes more work. Yes, it takes more refinement. But you will get to your optimal self. You will truly self-actualize when you finally start to address these things and refine them. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at Fraser at evolvingalpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.